Today is Saturday, September 14, 2019. On this day in 1922, Reverend Edward Hall and his lover, Eleanor Mills, were killed and later found dead beneath a crabapple tree surrounded by their shredded love letters. Their killer was never identified, but one woman claimed to have witnessed the crime. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Every day, we flip back the calendar to this date years ago and recount one event from true crime history. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today we're going back to September 14, 1922, the day Reverend Edward Hall and Eleanor Mills were killed in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Sadly, their case would get caught up in complex class relations and rampant yellow journalism, leaving it endlessly discussed but never solved. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode features discussion of murder. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Before we unpack the ramifications of the murder, Let's go back to the night of September 14th, around 9 p.m. Jane Gibson sat at her kitchen table, a candle softly illuminating the room around her. As she stared out the window, down towards Derussi Lane, her mind was far away, drifting through tomorrow's chores and the early morning hog feed. Until suddenly, her dog started barking madly. Jane sighed. Her work was never done. She softly called in the direction of the door. Hush, pup. Her boy was sleeping in the other room. The dog, however, didn't let up. Jane frowned. This wasn't like her pup. Perhaps he had something to bark about. She pulled on her boots, followed the dog down to her fence line, and peered out into the dark night. Standing there, under the crabapple tree by Derussi Lane, was a man. Jane hissed softly, her teeth clenched. Hog thief. Had to be. What else was someone doing out here this time of night? She ran back to Jenny, her mule, hitched her up and made her way closer to the figure, squinting into the dark. She might be a woman living out in the country without a man, but no one was messing with her hogs. Not tonight, not any night. As she got closer, straining forward, she felt nerves tingling at the back of her neck. Was that three figures? Four? One man she could scare off, but four. Two of those figures, though, they looked like women. She slowed Jenny. Maybe these weren't hog thieves after all. Maybe this was something else. Her heart raced. Then a woman's voice erupted out of the darkness. No, don't, don't, don't. Gunshots exploded. Coming up, Jane Gibson and the city of New Brunswick deal with the aftermath of those gunshots. Now back to the story. 
Around 9 p.m. on September 14, 1922, hog farmer Jane Gibson noticed four figures out by Darusi Lane. Thinking they were thieves, she headed towards them with her mule, Jenny. But before she reached them, gunfire erupted, and she saw two of the figures drop to the ground. Jane fled, locked up her mule and her house, and hid until morning. That's the story she would tell the authorities two days later on September 16th anyway, when two young lovers discovered Reverend Edward Hall and Eleanor Mills lying beneath the Darusi Lane crabapple tree. The couple was laid out carefully, a Panama hat covering Reverend Hall's face and a scarf tied around Eleanor's neck. Her hand was on his knee, His hand was under her neck. They were surrounded by the torn shreds of their love letters. And they were very dead. He was shot with a single bullet. Her head was peppered with three. And her neck, beneath that scarf, was slashed ear to ear. Her larynx and tongue, the autopsy would reveal, had been cut out. It wouldn't take long for the entire town of New Brunswick to tramp down to Darusi Lane to get a peep at the gruesome sight. The curious crowd would contaminate any and all evidence at the scene. And they'd all nod knowingly when they saw the woman beside Reverend Hall, his lover, 34-year-old Eleanor Mills. Everyone would agree, at first. Obviously, one of the jealous spouses was responsible. Perhaps Eleanor's simple religious husband was overcome with fury at his wife's infidelity. Perhaps Reverend Hall's proud, wealthy wife, Frances Stevens, had finally gotten fed up with the public affair. Contaminated evidence or not, the people of New Brunswick would whisper, This one should be easy to solve. It would all seem especially clear once Jane Gibson walked down from her property up the lane and asked to speak with the police officers in charge. The pig lady had seen everything. But the case proved to be more complicated than it might have seemed. When it came time to indict, investigators were unable to turn up any evidence other than Jane Gibson's testimony. Eleanor's husband claimed he didn't even know his wife was having an affair, although the rest of the town was in on the secret. And Reverend Hall's wife, Frances Stevens, was one of the pillars of New Brunswick society. She was a hard woman to accuse of murder, especially when the only witness was a pig lady, as the media dubbed Jane Gibson. The indictment failed. Frances Stevens walked. The case, however, wasn't quite over. Four years later, in 1926, evidence emerged that Frances Stevens' maid may have been paid to keep quiet about her mistress's whereabouts the night of the murder. The case was reopened. And this time, the media really went wild with the story. The maid and the pig lady against patrician Frances Stevens. A war of the classes. And it was bloody and sexy to boot. 
Nothing beats a pastor's affair with his congregant and their gruesome death beneath an apple tree, not if you're trying to sell papers. It certainly didn't hurt when Jane Gibson, sick with cancer, was wheeled into the courthouse to give her testimony from a hospital bed. The massive national news coverage the local case garnered remains a classic example of yellow or tabloid journalism. The term yellow journalism originated in the 1890s and refers to the practice of attention-grabbing, sensationalized news. Tabloid journalism is more commonly used to describe a similar style of profit-geared news production in the 1920s and 30s. Newspapers didn't report on the double death of Hall and Mills because it was nationally relevant news. They reported on it because it would sell. But despite the sensationalist media surrounding the Hall-Mills case, the legal battle came to nothing the second time around, just like the first. The prosecution's argument still hinged tightly on Jane Gibson's testimony. And Jane, it turned out, was not a particularly reliable narrator. Her story shifted several times between her first report to police back on September 16, 1922, and the court case in 1926. The fact that Jane's mother sat front row at the trial, shouting that her daughter was a liar, certainly didn't help the case either. The strange, salacious Hall Mills murder was never solved. Many people think the Reverend's wife, with the help of one of her brothers or her cousin, was the culprit. Others whisper that perhaps it was an old lover of Eleanor Mills. Some even put forward the KKK as the culprits, pointing to the strangely ritualized positions Hall and Mills were found in. But for all the speculation, the only thing that's sure is that the night of September 14, 1922, passions were running high on Darussi Lane. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more information on the Hall Mills murder, check out the episodes of Unsolved Murders that dive deeper into the case. And for more stories where true love meets true crime, check out ParCast original Crimes of Passion. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Carrie Murphy, and production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Liebeskind. 
Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 